Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Welcome to another edition of my breakup story. It has been a little bit since I've dropped one of these and I am so excited for today's chat. It is a true inspiration. In today's edition of my breakup story, I am speaking with my former client, Emma, about her journey to leave a toxic cycle she had with a man and to truly come to love herself and to use her breakup as a catalyst to create a new beginning in life. This is really my goal with all of my clients, and that is to help them take shit and spin it into gold. And Emma really, really did that. And would you like to know a little secret? I actually recorded this episode a hot minute ago, just days before I would go through my own breakup and experience the same drama of having to exchange belongings with an ex. It's very similar to what Emma is going to tell you about today. It was so fun to listen back and know that only a couple days after speaking with her, I would be applying so many of the same lessons in my life. I would like you to pay attention to Emma's realization that the pattern she was in with her ex was predictable and far from romantic. How little emotion she now feels about the person she once sacrificed so much for. I want you to pay attention to how thankful she is for the lessons she learned from her breakup and how incredibly sexy her life is now. I loved working with Emma and I would love to work with you as well. Just click the link at the top of the show notes to schedule time with me to discuss one-on-one support. And with that, here's Emma. Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On, Emma. You have been following the show and were working with me when I was under the former name. So this is um, exciting. You're the first person who's come on to tell their breakup story since I did the change. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see you. And also, it's been a while. So welcome. Thanks for being here. It has. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. 
Oh, oh yeah. I know that you just made so much progress when we were working together and you've had really, really wonderful insights since then. And yeah, I mean, when we first met, you were not feeling very happy about the breakup and <laughs> about <laughs> life even. And by the end yeah. of it, I mean, you were just, your, your parents had even changed. You just look, you know, so much lighter and happier. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to having you tell the audience the story. Before we get too into it, I would love to know how you came across the podcast because there's often a story behind what makes people push play. So how did you find me? Gosh, I actually found you on Instagram. (laughs) I think I was probably at the time searching something like, (laughs) when does he not like me? I mean, I feel like I should, I'm a mature woman, put it that way. (laughs) You are. I mean, I'm a mature woman and it's like, why am I looking at these things? Um, And I think I I then, I was looking through blogs and from sort of Instagram, went through blogs and found that there was this whole bit of information and help out there for people who break up. And I had actually just gone through a divorce. This is not about, I met you after that, but I didn't realize it was a skill set that was there particularly to sort of support. I thought I must just need a counselor or whatever. Um, But it was, it was enlightening. And then obviously we got chatting and we, we gelled. Yes, yes, for sure we did. You were such a, it was such a joy to work with you, both because you did make lots of progress and also your, really your dedication and commitment to the process and to getting to a better place. So well done. And let's get into your story. Can you tell us about the end of the relationship and what led to the breakup? I think that it's important to kind of normalize some of these shitty stories. And so what mm-hmm. would you feel comfortable letting us know about your situation? So um, the end of the breakup, when was the end? I mean, when he said, I don't want to be with you anymore or like, seven weeks later because it was like this long drawn out process because obviously back and forward come back um which I wasn't expecting I had kind of known it was coming if I really think about it at that point it was a shock I was like this will be fine and we'll work through it um he was a lot younger than me a couple of decades younger than me uh and And it had been from what I, I from what I remember it had been a bit of a pandemic relationship am I correct Yeah, so we had met on my doorstep in the middle of the pandemic um, and kind of got chatting and and it was all through the pandemic. So it was, there wasn't, I suppose it was a little bit out of the norm in that respect. There was a lot of pandemic relationships actually, and they were really hard for people to to end. Well, it was very intense. It was very intense, very quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had also, I was in a good place leaving my ex, um, my husband, my ex-husband, um, it had been, that, that was on my sort of watch, but I think that I did a kind of need reaction and, you know, a young person interested in you and, you know, very much felt like they were doting on you and you were like, well, this is interesting and new and, and you kind of do this, no, be sensible kind of, let's not, you know, run into this very quickly and then you just fall into it. And then I think the breakup, the beginning of the end was 
He was always too needy. And I was like, I can manage this. I can manage this. It's fine. I can manage this. This is just what people like. They're like, it's fine. And in the end, I, it, well, I was going to say something I actually disagree with. I was going to say I couldn't give him enough. Actually, I couldn't give him what he needed. Nice reframe. <laughs> oh, nice work, everybody. Look. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yes, yeah, wonderful job. <laughs> I kept feeling at that point, it really did feel like I wasn't enough. And you know, I suppose there were a few bits from my previous relationships where you haven't felt enough and you're like, oh, I just can't do anything. I'm not a good partner or mom or friend or anything. And it just all gets too much. And I could feel these bits. And whenever you feel like you can't, you're not enough, you grab on. And it was this, like, I became a bit obsessive. I was like calling him and worked up in the day. And I, was, I don't do that. I remember that. Yes, you were actually, so everybody, I mean, the the progress that Emma made was remarkable and swift too, because when we first met, you were still doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And tracking him on Instagram and seeing what he's doing, (laughs) where he's going, and when he was last online and who he was talking to. And if he looked at my text, I was like, you're just men Like I felt insane. It was actually working with you and, and you, you sort of pinged across them of the uh, podcast links and I listened to them and, and we quite quickly, you and I established that I'm a scientist and I get like, I just, if you science me, uh, I will like, I'll get it. And I'll, you know, it's different to create, you know, sort of trying to separate heart from head, but to, it was the dope, is it, was it dopamine? There was, there was a, there was this, this a dr- drug sort of action. I thought, I listened to that podcast. I was like, that's me. That's exactly that. It's an addiction. It's a, it's a drug. It's a hit. And I was, it, you know, it was that. So the, the breakup was really harsh on me and I went a little bit nuts. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you have to kind of wean yourself off. Yep. And, you and I remember, yes, we would check in about like how many times you had gone to seek him out and, you know, and sometimes daily and you would admit to me what you, you know, about it. And that's what coaching is about is accountability. And yeah, little by little, you had completely stopped. You were having like sexy adventures by the time we stopped working together yeah. and you, we, you, had, you were really <laughs> looking the other direction big time. So besides the checking the social media, and if that's all it was, uh, that's fine as well. What would you say were some of the initial struggles as you were trying to recover from the breakup or hoping to recover? from the breakup I think well the initial struggle was because it it got messy it got messy because we did part ways it was the right thing and we parted ways because I think you know very we're almost different generations crying out loud um (laughs) it's uh very different lifestyles the pandemic was coming to an end and so reality was biting both of us a bit and I started to work with you and feel I went through sort of hills of confidence and I started swimming for it you know and, and being in a team again and doing stuff for me and I got this kind of confidence and then he that the, it was almost like the minute I didn't return his hey how you doing you're right kind of text and or he would call me and I wouldn't answer he would just ramp up that hey are we still friends and you do I did this I've never done it before I've never done 
try and be friends. I miss him as a friend and he misses me. And it was really messy. And I think that I found that bit really a lot longer than I was hoping for it to be. Um, yeah. Well, he was kind. It was, it was kind of a bit of a mind fuck from what I from what I remember, and kind of this narrative that you were telling yourself about how he needed you, the friendship. Yes. Mm-hmm. And well, <laughs> he was. You know, he was. A lot of people went through very dark times, uh, triggered. I think in the pandemic, and I had yeah. my, my you know my my ex. Um, I was used to to being in a relationship with people who have mental health problems. Oh, gotcha. And this guy was clearly depressed, clearly missed a lot of things. I filled the gap. Some I had a need um, for somebody or somebody needed me in their life. And, and I filled that gap. And it's when somebody's got mental health problems or issues, you, it, it's not, people are like, oh, we just help them or you don't. It's like, no, you know, if somebody turns around or your partner turns around and says, oh, I've got cancer and you're like, yeah, it's not going to work out for me. I, I can't support you. It, you wouldn't do that. So you, for me, you don't do that if your partner is suffering from depression or something else. And he knew that about me and my previous relationship. And I kind of feel like, dare I say it, he played on that a little bit to get my attention back Yeah, and made me feel like if I completely let him go, like cut him off completely, which is what you were trying to encourage me to do. But I really had a hard time. <laughs> I could see, I could see that that was what was going to be the magic key for you. <laughs> yeah, but I, but there was this. He had this rubber band string. It's like a an elastic string. He knew exactly what to do to sort of get me back into his sort of ecosystem, and it was a really unhealthy, toxic e- ecosystem. Because it was draining. It didn't actually give me anything apart from make me feel like I was worthy of something toxic, which if you say it out loud, it's ridiculous. <laughs> at the time, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> the key was always going to be not doing that friendship thing, cutting, you know, you were like, no communication. And I remember I did sort of fib to you a few times at the beginning of the conversation, <laughs> a call or conversation. I was like, yeah, do you know what? Actually, no, I did. Look. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's did okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a, it's cutting. a hard thing to do. Yeah. Really hard. It is. And it's a drug and you get so used to it. Somebody mm-hmm. being, and particularly in the pandemic, particularly when you didn't really have a lot of else to do yeah. apart from look at bad news, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're looking for something else to focus on. And I think it was, that was the key to everything, but the hardest thing to do that sort of, oh, I missed his call. Should I call him back? And you were like, you don't need to. And I'm like, but what if he needs me? I remember saying to you, but what if he needs me? You know, and it is a fear because, you know, I have also in my life had people who have called and I'm not sure I would have saved them, but there is always those sort of times where you're like, you blame yourself for things that potentially might happen anyway. You can't go too much into sort of if, if only, but these things are triggers for some people. Yeah. So that was really, really difficult. And what do you think allowed you to finally kind of pull the plug and stop communication? It was, it was actually the work that we were doing. It became, we started having very similar conversations. And there was one time I was driving, I was about an hour drive and you had said to me, I bet you he calls tonight. (laughs) 
And I was like, no, no, no. Yes, he did. And I was like, holy crap. It's literally a predictive pattern. This isn't special. This Aww. is this is a predict but it's not. It mm. was a predictive pattern of toxic need, want, give, take, you know, but dry kind of and I remember it so clearly. I remember where I was driving, I was on a going to a date. Oh yeah. Oh I remember I this. Uh-huh. I was going on a date and he called me and I missed his call. And I remember mm. and I think I then texted you and I was like, he did just call. Mm-hmm. And you were like, leave it. Don't and I was like, just and it, enjoy it just, yourself. <laughs> yeah. And it sort of sat in the back of my mind and it was like, this is all very predictive. I wonder what would happen if I break a cycle. Now, throughout my entire life, I've known things get very cyclical, can be very damaging, and you have to break a cycle to move on from it. And so it was the minute that I saw the cycle, like literally I saw it rather than you tell me it, but actually <laughs> spotted it with you in my head. I was like, holy crap, okay, needs to change. And it wasn't immediate, but mm. I don't think I looked on Instagram or anything for at least like three or four weeks after that. I was like, okay, that's, that's not, that's not good. Enough that's is enough. And, and then he called like three or four months later again, missed it. And by that point, the do- that sort of response, dopamine hit, whatever it is, is gone. Right. It doesn't happen. It's like, I'm all right. Thanks. Mm. I know for me, I re I, after about that time, like three or four months in, I definitely find that it's replaced with like kind of a bit of repulsion. If the person does reach out to me instead or of being like, like, Ooh, or uh, it's kind of like gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Have you not moved on or like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, wow. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. It is. Agreed. You just said something that was interesting, which is, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It was still hard even when you discovered or when you realized that it was a predictable pattern. When, though, did you feel like you had started to turn a corner with the whole thing? When did I turn a corner with the whole thing? When I started having sex with other people. <laughs> there you I, go. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with it. People ask me all the time, when should I have sex again? Or, or rather, when will I know that I'm ready to have sex again? And does it help or not? And it's like, it, so for some people it does, and for some people it doesn't. And if it worked for you, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> and and it's not, you know, don't get me, it wasn't, it, there was a connection with the next, with the person. And it's not that you jump from one to one relationship to another, but there is a, I think there is a human desire and something that is sparked in uh, human nature that loves to be loved, loves to be wanted, loves to be needed. And the minute you realize there's not just one person in the world that will ever do that for you ever. And mm-hmm. without them, you're never going to feel it ever again. You know, I was married. No, I'm not. And I met somebody, you know, and it's that I think was the the initial sort of, oh, people do want to talk to me. Oh, they find me funny. Oh, they want to sleep with me too. Okay. Don't get me wrong. You know, it was actually a very special relationship because it did teach me good and bad things about me um it was very unusual there was a massive age difference but we actually 
could have just been brilliant mates, but we did have a huge attraction to each other. Um, yeah. And it's a shame. You know, it's funny because about a year ago, he got back in touch and I could only have told you this. He was like, uh, I miss you and my life and all this. And I was like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? <laughs> really? What do you want? <laughs> what do you really want? Excuse <laughs> my friend, miss you. And I'm like, yeah, no, you just took actually there's nothing that I need from you now Mm. and I feel like you just took from me and I wish you well you've got a great support network you're grand you're fine on your way son wow on your way Mm -hmm. Um, wow that must have taken a lot I mean did you feel like it took a lot of strength or did you feel like that was easy for you it was easy it really was because by that point you get to the whole kind of like yeah no you guys I I might not have replaced everything that you were in my life, but I certainly can do it without the toxic crap. Like I'll take no toxic crap than the good bit. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. And also, um, you know, trying to reel you in with the exact same tactics that he had used before. <laughs> wow. This guy. Exact same thing. <laughs> and and it, it's a maturity thing. He'll grow up and he'll realize it's not how you treat people. And I think you also, through every breakup, I really think through every breakup, you you can it makes you hit rock bottom because you are not desired, not wanted. It's you've been literally thrown out. It's how it feels. But the only way you get through it is to build yourself up. And I think through every breakup, you always build yourself a little bit more. You get yourself a little bit stronger, a bit newer, a bit more you, stronger for the next relationship or people friends doesn't you know any sort of relationship doesn't have to be a partner or you know so true romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and and I have I would go through it again actually because it taught me a lot Uh, well what would what was the most helpful thing that it taught you Uh, I'm a survivor Mm -hmm. I'm going to sing actually it taught me that I'm I'm quite psychologically astute when I can step back and reason with self with Emma like mm-hmm. okay, you know that that whole sort of out of body experience of seeing his name flash up on the um phone whilst I'm driving off you know to a date and it's like this was predicted to happen you know you <laughs> kind of stepped away from yourself and I knew that I had the ability to cut those cycles because I knew I'd done it before but you need a reminder and yeah. doing it for the first time is really freaking hard I'll tell you well, that and so- I had done it before well, and this is sometimes when I'm working with clients, uh, this is what I had one way that I help them with their mindset is by pulling things from their past to prove their current thinking wrong. And what you just said is probably an example. You had done it before and so you could do it again. I think the biggest thing that helps is noticing the patterns and time. Like we don't give ourselves, everything is so quick, so fast, so instant. And it's like, okay, it's been a month. Why am I not over this? Like, yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all right. I, and every now and then, don't get me wrong. Every now and then, I do miss that relationship. I'm like, yeah. that was so easy. Every we were completely just. It was just us two against the world. It was. It was not sustainable. But it was amazing. But shit, when you realise that actually it's not sustainable and reality bites. I can. It was lovely. I can have those relationships, and I think it's really important to to accept that. There are good bits as well. Don't, it, I don't like carrying negative or every negative. For me, it wasn't all negative. You. The end bit was negative. There was a nice bit in the middle. I'm glad that happened. It was lovely. But biggest lesson is I 
I can love, I can do it. And I can also cut bad, bad cycles. Yes. Fantastic. I think that this is one reason people did struggle with their pandemic relationships is for a lot of people, it got, it felt really easy and it felt like you were really bonding and, you know, having your domestic life and going through like this massive thing with someone. I mean, that really bonds you, but it wasn't real life. It wasn't reality. And it sounded like for you, once things, you know, quote unquote, opened up again, that kind of hit home with you or that kind of, it was a hard, hard thing to take. Yes, it was. And I think that's okay. And it was a very unique time and it was a unique relationship (laughs) and that's okay. Uh Yeah, I actually had wanted to do some episodes on pandemic relationships and I didn't really get the idea off the ground. But if anyone would like to come on and tell their story about their pandemic relationship and breakup, yeah, get in touch. So I didn't tell you that I was going to ask this, but it just occurred to me one thing that we worked together around was the fact that he had a bunch of stuff at your house. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I am going to do an episode on something around they have my stuff or I have their stuff, something, because this comes up a lot in my coaching. And I seriously have a way for every situation, but I would like you to tell your story about how you ended up getting his shit out of your house and then, and keeping your sanity and using that as a way to get to the next stage and things. Yes. Um, <laughs> he had a small jungle at my house and just stuff like that I was looking after and speakers and things. And so it wasn't a matter of I'll send it to you. It was, he needed to come and get them. It was yeah. like a small van load. Um, <laughs> I think he had like a was- washer at your house or something. Something really, I have to say, I do still have the dryer because it's really handy when mine breaks down, but that one I kept because that was (laughs) mine. And actually, you said to me, I remember you said to me, it's on your property now, it's yours. You have it or you don't. (laughs) It's mine. I want it. It's handy. Oh my God. Good for (laughs) you. But the rest of the stuff, I. I was, I, I actually could see it. I can remember the feeling now. It was like the solar plexus chest nervousness. I could feel it now. I was so nervous. I, it had been, it was being used as this kind of bait so that at some point when he was ready to come back and have a one nighter or whatever, he would say, Hey, you know, you've got my stuff. And I, I wasn't ready to kind of ping him, come get your shit. But he was also wasn't saying it. It was just here. And like constant reminders and like, you can't move on when you're constantly looking at this plant that you're bloody nurturing. You're, mm. you're making sure it doesn't die uh, <laughs> as a, for the relationship that has died. And it's really a bit shit. It was, it was your encouragement. And I, I believe you said, what about, you know, having somebody there with you or just putting it on the drive or just saying, this is the time to come and get it. Yep. So a very, very close friend of mine who I've known for most of my life, actually, told him and he helped me shift it all into the um, hallway. And he was like, all right, anything else? And he was like, do you want me to stay? And I'm like, you just stay in the other room and I'll lock the door. Like, just I'll shut the door, but just chill out, whatever. Just to know that you're here, I will know that I won't, like fall for it because I would have done if he wasn't here. <laughs> and then I was like, I need you to come get your stuff on this day between these times. 
and it was directed and organized by me and it, man it felt so i was ner- so nervous but it felt so powerful to do and this is the other thing that it was all power games the end of a relationship become for this particular one became bloody power games who was the last one to have the conversation and who was the last one to get you out when i said to him i need you to come get your stuff between this time and this time something flipped in him because he was no longer in control oh, i had told him to get his shit you know he didn't have that ace and mm-hmm. he changed and he he was like he was cross almost he was like, when am I supposed to get it? And I'm like, I don't care. It's going to be here at this time. I'm going out. So then he comes to the door and he's very charming. And I was like, do you need a hand? Because my mate's in the living room. He can give you a hand if it's really heavy. Wow, so I wanted him amazing. to know. And, and it, it, he was like, oh, oh, uh, no. Okay. Yeah. No, it's cool. Okay. I'll just do it then. All right. And I was like, just, we're just very transactional. It was so, it was all of a sudden very transactional from him. And it hadn't been at all because he knew he had this ace when he was ready to sort of reel me back in. And again, I had cut that cycle and this, these, these control games just had been going on and on and who's got the ball now. And it's like, I just need to stop. Just, just like, it's too much. Yeah. Um, it seemed from my perspective that it was a bit of an ego trip for him yeah. to know that he had was to know that he was stringing you along and that kind of you wanted him to like he really had this hold yeah. on you that it seemed was kind of yeah stroke stroking his ego and i know for a lot of people when they realize that that's come to an end they react either like doubling doubling down or ramping up the contact or yeah getting shitty because they don't have that that ego boast anymore absolutely and i think that because the next time I heard from him was when he randomly called me, left a message on my phone out of the blue and sort of was like, Hey, you want to hang out? And I think that was him <laughs> trying to get back control. It's funny. Cause you just think I was attracted to that. In <laughs> like, oh, was I thinking beer goggles? It wasn't even beer goggles, but anyway, it is what it is. At, you know, after the time it's nice at, the, at, the, at some point, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pivotal point. It, we'd already broken up but it was pivotal for me to get over it and just be like that needs to be done and now there is nothing sorry there is a dryer but it's actually mine now I it absolutely my is it absolutely <laughs> is yours it has now. saved my skin a few times <laughs> i like it's on it, your property but... it's been long <laughs> enough you gave him notice and yes i a thousand percent agree with that so it was a good thing to do and it's very hard because you sort of I think I was for a time holding on to it to be like, oh, well, he's got to come back here sometime and maybe I can woo him when he comes back. And then you, there had been, and then I went through that kind of pattern behavior discovery point, And then it was like, aha, click, light bulb moment. Okay. Oh, so Into powerful. <laughs> and I noticed, and again, from my perspective, you kept on bringing up the issue of his things whenever we would talk about going no contact and you would say, well, I would, but I have his things. And I see other people actually, especially women, I would say doing the exact same thing. You know, I really want to go no contact, but how can I, since I have his stuff, I'm like, I got this (laughs) as a coach. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'll tell you exactly how. (laughs) So yeah, nice. That's brilliant. I think it's also really important to recognize why you have their things. You have their things because you still want them to come around at some point. Yes, like, that's, that's the amazing. bit to move on from. 
Well, that is such an amazing thing for you to admit, because when people first start working with me, they're not quite there. Like, I can see the motivation because it's what I do for a living. I wasn't there. Um, what I call that? Oh, that's... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice work. Oh, I'm so, so proud of you. So let's shift gears and talk about your single journey. Nothing shatters your life like a breakup. And the feeling of a broken heart is real. I know that it seems impossible right now, but there is hope and there are ways to heal. I would love to work with you one-on-one -on -one to heal your broken heart and put your breakup behind you. My personalized coaching programs are designed to pinpoint what will be most effective in helping you to move forward and make this breakup a part of your past. I believe in you. Message me at breakupspodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at breakupspodcast. And let's connect about creating a magical plan of action to get this breakup in your rear view mirror. You really went for it. I was really enjoying just for my own, not entertainment exactly, but I was loving your updates near the end. I can entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> well, because your stories, I was like kind of jealous. I mean, I was just coming out of the pandemic myself and not, not quite socializing again yet. And some of the things that you were telling me that you were doing just sounded fun and sexy. So how did what you learn from the breakup kind of impact that next chapter as far as your single journey and dating again and having sex with other people again. Did you feel like you brought anything that you learned from the breakup into that chapter? Yes, there was a really lovely gentleman uh, <laughs> who I did date. He was actually the guy that I was going to see when I got the strange phone call. And, phone. Um, and it's, it's almost like you've got a sore bit on your arm. It's like a, if you press that bit, I'm going to have a reaction. And it was, there was a, a few moments that kind of came a lot up. They were very needy and like incredibly needy and just like, I need you here now. And I'm like, well, I have commitments. I have kids and I have work and I have friends. And this is what this ex that, you know, you helped me move on from would do. He would like manipulate my environment to just be him and me. And I, I, so that I didn't really have a lot left in pandemic, you didn't have a lot, right? You had the people who were closest to you, but taking what that had meant and how it felt when he was like, no, it's fine. I don't need you anymore. Whatever it felt like into the next place. The minute I felt that kind of, but why do you need to go and be with your friends? Why? Like, but I'm around. I'm like, cause this is actually good for me. Like I said, you kind of gain this strength and character for you being you and it's okay to be you and if you want to hang out with me and find time then great and you know your podcast and your stories and talking to you was like oh this this chick man she's got she likes herself she's oh, yeah. time with herself <laughs> but it's like that's kind of weird but okay i'll try that one and <laughs> the minute people were like this this lovely guy was like yeah i need you i need you now i was like no, I'm sorry. This is not healthy. <laughs> I need <Bye>. you now. <laughs> Bye. And it wasn't like a sexual thing. That might have been fun, but no, it was. It was. It was a lot. Um, and but I also, I had never done 
there's I we had this discussion uh might be too much information for your listeners um but we had had this discussion around go for gold and we had sort of discussed that maybe there's like an American and British sort of difference and I maybe it's just me and then and the rest of the world but I had never actually slept with a lot of people <laughs> I'd never like gone on dates and slept with people it was always have to my partner and I will speak just with them and we will have been on three dates and been together for two years well not two years I need sex but two months you know and a long time and then we will have sex and it will only and it's like I discovered that actually that's not necessarily healthy either because I completely equate and have always entangled massive emotions with sex and I still do but it doesn't have to be, this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of feeling to then actually say, well, I have also physical needs. And I had never done that. And it was, I think, the strength that I learned from this very powerful, intense pandemic relationship and breakup had given me this sort of, I need, what about me? What about I need? I'd have, I'd been with somebody who need, who like, took 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 it's like okay what about me what do I need I need that is that okay is that safe yes it's safe if you do it that's right yes okay and it was it was lovely it was it was amazing I met really lovely people I I remember the conversation because (laughs) yeah I, I personally was much more comfortable with casual sex than I discovered people in Australia were when I was living there. And when I was living there, I noticed that after a couple dates, men would kind of assume that you're in a relationship. And certainly if there was sex involved, it just felt like things all of a sudden got really serious. And for me, my experience having come of age in America was even if you have sex and have gone on many dates, you still need to have like the define the relationship conversation rather than having all of these things assumed. And yeah, I do remember um, having this conversation with you and also that you not only went for it, but you enjoyed it. You were safe. You were communicative with your partners and really kind of like getting your groove back. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's a confidence building thing as well. It doesn't have to be something that like makes you feel like you've done the wrong thing. Sex is meant to be enjoyed. I mean, relationships are meant to be enjoyed as well, but we can have, you know, we can have both at different times in our life and for different purposes. What did you enjoy most about being single? And then we'll move on to what's, you know, happened more recently. I just like meeting people and feeling, and I, I enjoy attention and not being allowed to say that you don't want to give it back like I don't know it feels weird like I it was there was a few like one-way admirers and actually it was I think I I think I asked for your help there was I didn't know how to say I'm not I I didn't know how to remember yes I remember (laughs) exactly I felt bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it was a good example of how you can enjoy having an admirer and just enjoy it for for that and, you know, and they can enjoy maybe admiring you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're obligated to them. And that was something I had to learn a long time ago and that I benefited from because it allows me to kind of enjoy the juiciness of, you know, someone being yeah. into you just and just for that. And it also it allowed me to see friendships differently um, with the opposite sex and 
I just enjoyed the freedom and it was no, there was no, I didn't have that stress chest, cellular plexus. What is, what if, what if I do this wrong? What if I do that wrong? Um, and it was nice just to look after me and my boys for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I think I that's mean, allowed. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to say about that? I know, I don't know if this is too sensitive and I can cut it out, but one of the things that we talked about early on was that you had felt that the relationship had really taken you away from your kids. And is there anything that you want to say about kind of reclaiming that for yourself after the breakup? Yes, I I, I think after the breakup, the I did a lot of what would I do differently? What sh- what should I I have done differently? So I did do retrospective, but the one the biggest guilt I had was I felt like I ignored my kids for the sake of the need of somebody that in the end didn't really matter like over everything the kids matter more than anything for me personally and I had been really selfish in that and I had to kind of separate the needs and the ability that I should have to be selfish at times but not to be it, well, I wasn't being selfish. I was actually giving it to somebody that took <laughs> Yes, that is a and wonderful thing to differentiate. And there is, I think, a big difference between being selfish and putting yourself first and and feeling obligated to someone out of pressure or manipulation. Yeah. And I think that there was, that was also the partly the difficult bit of the breakup was, was that guilt. And the, because if we broke up, then I had chosen the wrong thing. And, yeah. and it was, you ha- I had to unpick that. I really did. And, and, you know, you asked me just before what I enjoyed about being single. I enjoyed being able to focus on the things that mattered at the, when, when I felt they mattered, it be it me or be it the kids and not mm-hmm. somebody else that was just taking or, you know, could have been someone else when it felt right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot of guilt involved, but I talked to them. Actually, I talked to my kids. I was very old. They're older. Um, and I spoke to them and I sort of said, you know, I will apologize because I should have, I wish I had done it differently, but I've learned and it's not that I won't do it again and get things wrong, but this is, this is how I see it. And we spoke about it. And one of them was like, yeah, no worries. And the other one was like, oh. That's kind of cool. And every now and then it brought, he brings it up and it's like, yeah, I remember when he did that. And he was like, yeah, that wasn't cool either. And I'm like, okay, no guilt trips now. Um, right. <laughs> Eat it, whatever. But, you know, I think it, it, I, I've always been quite open and honest with them, but I just wanted them to know that I've felt bad. And I recognized I'd ignored them and put something wrong. I'd made the wrong choice at that time. Well, and you're, it sounds to me, what you're saying is, you know, you also trusted them to trust you and trusted them enough to have a pretty mature adult conversation with them about an adult situation. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had seen, you know, they like, what was going on? Why are you so sad? So, you know, I, I didn't, I'm really bad at lying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to tell them <laughs> any lies. What do you think was important for you to learn about self-care and what would you say were some of your big self-care activities or go-to or practices during this time? Before I met you, Janice, I didn't have a bath. No, like, and I did 
bathe, but I would never just sit and relax in the bath. And this whole idea of self-care was so like, who does that? Like, why is that necessary? Like, what does that even mean? Um, but, you know, we all do it in different ways. Glass of wine at the end of the evening or a difficult day. Um, and you even had wine water. during our session sometimes, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was self-care. Well, I'm not sure that was self-care. It was self-medicate. No, it wasn't. <laughs> There's a fine line. There's a, There's a fine line. <laughs> a lot of my um, clients actually will some t- will have wine during our sessions, which... I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I, I, it's not to be to me. Everything in moderation. Yes, for um, sure. <laughs> I, I think... Uh, I mean, I, I went back to sport that I had used to do as a teenager and I joined a club and a team and I've actually won medals now. And it's, yeah, I can tell you that, uh, won medals. Um, and it, they became, they are a need of mine. I need them in my life and that's an okay need. And we all need each other as a group. We're all these little bunch of misfits people that come together and like work out incredibly hard and have our own lives and going on and we just hash it out and it's uh, and there's just an understanding of no judgment and I need them and it's purely mine nobody else's it's mine my kids are like when are you going to the pool because you're ratty and I'm like (laughs) I'm going now and it's like good Okay. Um, oh my God. So then, you are yeah. such a good example to other moms. Well, parents. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Some people are like, oh, you know, wish I had time to do what you did. And I'm like, I wake up at five, mm-hmm. I swim, I drop the kids at school and I do a full day work. And then I do everything as a single parent. I do everything. So everyone has time. But for me, that's I found extra time and I needed to do that and it has just found it's a new community in my world it's a new family it's a family that I found I'm and a healthy one happy for you so happy for you I and yeah I can relate I'm building something similar in Denver with the ex-Mormon community that I helped to organize and there's a group of us who are really you know getting together quite regularly and it is kind of starting to feel like you know, something that I need. And I really, really appreciate what you said about time because I'm the type of person who's learned lots about time management and scheduling and how we look at our time and how we look at our priorities and commitments. And I pretty much never say I don't have time. I always say I'm choosing not to make time or I'm choosing to do this instead because you're right. It's not about the actual amount of time. It's about what we choose to make important in our life. And it's funny, the other things you reminded me by saying that some of the things I learned with this guy that I broke up with, the, the ability to say, no, I haven't got time for that. I'm going to choose not to spend my time with you this weekend. I'm going to choose to spend it with my kids. Also transferred to how I work with my kids now. I, I'm going to choose to feed you a healthy-ish pizza because I need to go to the pool and that's my choice not to sit down with a family meal for you today there'll be others but I need to do this for me and I will be a better person on my own for you (laughs) that's brilliant I honestly I, I I'm just repeating myself now it's you're just it's a marvelous example for other other parents 
So I believe that you, you dated for a while and that you actually had, you know, a little bit of a like status update. So what's going on with you now, as far as your love life is concerned? Yeah. So I have, um, met a very lovely grown up man, (laughs) grown man. Um, Cheers. (laughs) Very grown man. We have taken it very, very slowly. It's actually someone I've known for years that we've had friendship for years and years. And it, just has developed slowly into a very beautiful, accepting, respectful, grown-up relationship. We have been together for over a year and we don't live together and we have space and we respect each other's space. Thumbs up to that. Yes, you really don't need to move in. No. I mean, I guess... (laughs) You know, eventually, but I think that having separate spaces is one of the healthiest things that you can do for a relationship that is important to you and that you want to last is, yes, have separate living quarters for, I guess, kind of as long as you quote unquote can. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, thing, the biggest thing that's changed is I really like my times. Oh, I'm so <laughs> proud of my student. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same as well. Sometimes my boyfriend will like almost apologize if he has something with his kids. And I'm like, I was looking forward to a night by myself. So I don't know what you're apologizing about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's it's really healthy, you know, and it's, okay. it's so healthy to miss people as well, I think. Um, but I really like my space. I really like it when he's here and we're all together and it's it's lovely. Um, and, you know, you go through ups and downs and, you know, everything that, that gets thrown at you, you, you builds you to a stronger person. And, you know, I I hope I don't need you again. <laughs> But, you know, I think that the coaching <laughs> that you gave me, um, I think there was, it's it's not that you give people a strength, you help them find it. And it's like, you just need to tap into that. And, if you know, I use it now in a relationship when things go wrong and I need to say something out loud that this is going to be a shit show. Can you just sit down and we're going to go through this ride together kind of thing. Um, and it may work out and it may not work out and everyone will be all right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you had been taking things really slow, which is something that I absolutely advocate for. So besides the fact that you keep your separate living quarters, what was another thing that you did to make sure that you didn't go too quickly in the relationship? Because I talked to a lot of people who expressed to me that they don't know how to take it slow. So how how did you make sure that that was the case with the two of you? Um, I think I just set boundaries. Like, I, I did actually have a conversation. I said, um, we're doing scheduling with two different families and stuff. And it's like, well, by the way, these are my nights to me, but these two nights I will swim. These, these are off limits. I'm not, not going to swim. And it's, it's just say, I found that if I gave up an evening to do that, to be with him, oh, I have found that I'm a bit shit, a bit shitty. So don't worry, I wouldn't be in the pool. Yeah. Love you, but I won't be in the pool. <laughs> That's how I am with my Sundays. If I I really feel like I yes almost need a big chunk of time to myself on the on Sunday, and if I don't get it, my mood the next day is is really affected. So you just and have yes, to tune into that. Yeah, I think it's tuning into that is really important, and and also under I 
you know, having been with someone that was so needy, I kind of am now maybe, maybe I'm like an ex-smoker when it comes to it. I'm like, if, if I feel something over needy, I kind of a like complete averse reaction. And if I feel like I'm getting needy, and I just need to check myself and be like, okay, that's also not healthy because it's not healthy. Well, stand on your own two feet and lean with people. You know, it's not about somebody holding you up. It's about somebody together, you supporting each other. And once sometimes it's left, sometimes it's right and you're swaying and it's okay. It's not one person doing all the bloody work. Um, <laughs> one and tag team, the other one does it. It's, it's not. And it, I just sort of have to, I, I kind of cue into it every now and then. I feel, yeah, a little emotional because this is just such a big turnaround and you really, I mean, for lack of a better cliche, you sound like you're living your best life, girl. So Emma actually <laughs> even set a boundary with me and that is that she is hoping at least to get to the pool tonight. So we're going to get this wrapped up so that I can support her in, in doing that. Thank you. <laughs> However, we got to cover this and that is... What is something that you would say to someone who is struggling with a breakup right now? I would say look at patterns, recognize patterns, and it is just time you will get through this. I promise you, it will get through this. It will, time will feel like forever, but it is, you will come out so much stronger. That's a great bow to tie around this chat. I am thoroughly and sincerely happy for you and thoroughly impressed and I'm yeah absolutely thrilled so thank you for being here thank you for your vulnerability thank you for sharing your story with the audience and let's get you uh, off your self-care you. swim <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you and and but also thank you for helping me grow all of this was helping me grow so thank you uh, it's absolutely my pleasure and my passion to do so. Thank you to everyone for being here today for this bonus episode. Thank you, Emma, and I'll see everyone on Tuesday. Bye.